Welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ed Greer. And I am Ron Swallow. And today, our topic at hand is, is the Batman the greatest Batman movie? And I think uh, I think what we're going to try to talk about for the first half or so, uh, no spoilers, and we'll definitely tell you when we kick into the spoilers, so just listen now without fear. And I will tell you explicitly when it's time for spoilers and you need to get out of here if you haven't seen it. So, Ron, what were your uh, first impressions of the Batman having just seen it last week? Well, first, I'd like to mention um, about how uh, Clayface makes an appearance in the middle. I'm lying, guys. That's a total <laughs> lie. I made up a fake spoiler. Um, man, I, I look, uh, let me say this. I went into this expecting to kind of not like it. Why did you think that you wouldn't like it? I really thought it was going to be another re overly re overly gritty version of Batman with like no redeeming qualities to it. If that makes any sense, you know, like sure there was going to be some cool fight scenes and the cool lines or, some of it was going to look rad, you know what I mean? But mostly mm-hmm. it was going to be relentless sad times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. while that is, while that, while there was obviously sadness in it, and it's definitely, I think it counts as gritty, it also has a hint of hope mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. most Batman movies don't have, that I think Batman does have. Batman's whole attitude was like, yeah, everything is bad, but you still fight for the right thing. Right. And and that's I feel like this the tone of this movie is is eventually that Um, and you really get that. And there's also an arc in this for an early Batman. And this is no spoilers at all. I, I, I got one of the things that I always talk about that I've wanted, which is Detective Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The one thing I want this to be able to do is to cut through a lot of the wheat and the chaff of of the criticism about this movie uh, to kind of dissect the criticism of it, because what we are trying to determine is, is this the greatest Batman movie? So let's go back in the days at the yeah. end of the of, of the Batman 89, just I mean, of Batman 89. It's just like whoosh, it just feels so great at the end. You leave that theater just fluttering your freaking jacket, jumping around yeah. like an asshole. That's that's what you did. And so I just think. That situation, as far as a hopeful Batman having conquered a bit of his own inner darkness, hasn't been seen before this movie since 1989. I don't think the any of the other movies count. And I think the Nolan verse has contributed to a little bit of this relentless shittiness. Like, uh, I mean, they're great movies, but the, this slog of there's always something wrong. I mean, there's always something wrong in Gotham, but there have to be these moments of respite. You know, after a a big situation goes down, there have to be these moments of regular people kind of seeing the Batman a little bit. You know, I mean, if I had my druthers, regular people would never see the Batman. Regular people would think that he was a myth. But like Gotham, certain Gotham policemen would think he wasn't. And Jim Gordon would know that he wasn't. That's that would be my druthers. But if we're going to have any sort of public Batman that you could see with your own two eyes, I mean, Nolan broke the mold with him fighting on the steps in the daylight with a bunch of other dudes that he walked there with, like him and some cops walked to City Hall and started fighting fools. Like, 
Ugh, yuck. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's yeah. pretty yucky, dude. As far as this, yeah. uh, you know, vigilante of the night, he could be a demon. He's got Doc Martens on in this movie, too. And he's walking with a bunch of guys. So that, yeah. I mean, you know. But again, if we're going to have one of those, I would much rather have it be rendered the way it is in this movie than most um, not, other. Not to mention that uh, Catwoman in this is the best Catwoman. I, oh, yeah. I think that's a big deal, too. I think honestly. I think what, a, what Matt might have done, Matt Reeves might have done. I called him Matt like he's my buddy. Um, <laughs> I, uh, what my buddy Matt Reeves might have done is and, – and one of the things that I think Marvel does really well is – Look through the comics and find the best stuff from the comics and mix them together. And mm-hmm. I really think that a lot of the best stuff from some of the best stories, you get the vibe of of that in this movie. And that's not to say that it couldn't be shorter. Like, oh, frankly, yeah, yeah. It, it could have been two hours. Like, you know, it's you know, it's funny. Like, this is the narcissism kicking in. This movie reminded me of our um, JLA, Fantastic Four, and to a certain extent, X-Men episodes of Rebooted, where there's this per- kind of perfect story that takes all the elements of from all the comics and stuff and mixes them up in a gumbo that tastes good. Yeah. But we took a little long to get there. So some of the freshness is drained out of it. You know what I mean? Like By the yeah. time we get to this great-ass story we have to tell, there's a little bit of drain. You know what I mean? So if I had one criticism of this movie and one reason why, you know, it might knock itself out of not being the greatest, um, one big one, I would say it's that sort of thing. Like just being a little, a little long in a tooth, but, but when you see the shots of the movie, I mean, just imagine you grab those and you grab six more hours of them yeah. and you got to edit them all down to this certain length tough. or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, a lot of them, obviously there's pee breaks now that you could think about it, but right after I saw the movie, I didn't think that there was any real pee breaks, any places where there wasn't really anything important to the story going on. There weren't yeah. like long sequences of nothing happening. It was always yeah. cut to, he's doing this. He's over here. He's finding this thing. He's associating it with that thing. Oh, he's riding his motorcycle to go to this place to do this thing. It's like it was, there was always something going on. They didn't have a bunch of scenes of like businessmen puffing cigars and being like, we're the kings of this town. We run this yeah. joint. There wasn't a lot of that crap in here. And not to mention that the 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 guy who played uh, Falcone. Uh, John Turturro. John Turturro. Uh, he nailed that shit mm-hmm. so well. It was so subtle, but menacing. I just, when an actor nails something that well, and look, Pattinson's a good Batman, guys. I came out of this movie literally thinking, is this is this the best Batman movie I've, I've ever seen? I mean, and I think, I think right there, that's kind of the crux of what we're talking about, is that the overall effect, unless you really hated it, is yeah. like, okay, you start thinking, what about what movies were better for you? And then that becomes this. And that's what I kind of want to touch on in this conversation. Um, honestly, okay. honestly, to almost break kayfabe, it's like, whatever the hell you think is your stack of Batman attributes that you put the most importance mm-hmm. on, that's how you're going to perceive this movie. So if you think 
Bruce Wayne spilling champagne all over chicks and stuff is the thing that makes him cool because he after he spills champagne all over chicks and buys hotels that very night, he puts on a suit and goes and fights crime. If you need a real dichotomy like that, this movie don't got it for you. No, it doesn't have it for you. So you're going to knock down that you're going to knock it down for that. And then if you need like me, frankly, Batman to be kind of a mythic creature of the night, especially this soon into his career, then the scenes of him just. Jim Gordon and him walking past 50 cops and just sort of, you know, doing detective work together like buddies will be a little weird to you. But I I found the movie in that respect won me over to its point of view in that shit. Yeah, they, they did some stuff where, like, clearly the cops didn't like what they were doing. Like most of the other cops besides Gordon were like, this is you can't let this guy in here. What are you doing? Right, and, right, and and they just like go. They respect Gordon so much that mm-hmm. they were like, "Okay, we'll let it. We'll let it go." Right, and if there was one thing that was just like a hell of a given, it was that. I mean, just yeah. just to me, like I said, it won me over. Totally did, but that's a hell of a given. You know what I mean? But I like it because I can't. Yeah. I cannot watch this. Hey. Your name's Jim. You're a good guy. Stop it. Stop. I can't watch that scene anymore. I can't watch him negotiate this tenuous piece with the, with the, with the police or whatever. I can't watch that anymore. So either leave him alone and have him be, have them be totally, have them have a lot of antipathy and have it be a stone cold CIA level secret in regards to how secret it is that, that Batman's even associating with Jim Gordon and vice versa. Like a super secret. Like they meet, at a defunct donut shop or or drive-in movie theater on the outskirts yeah, of no, there's no signal. You know? It's just yeah, you know, they, you, you got to go one of two directions with it. If you're gonna have the bat signal and all that bullshit, which I frankly think is bullshit, I'm saying that him hanging out with cops is bullshit. Him responding to a signal, I don't give a fuck if it debuted two years after Batman came into existence. It's bullshit. I, I don't understand it. It's stupid. And I'm telling you, in this movie, it made it make sense for me, kind of finally. And and I will say maybe the last Nolan movies did a decent version of the Bat Signal too in regards to we turn it on and it ain't really about him coming to us and doing stuff we say or no shit like that. It's kind of like we turn it on every now and again. And if he, if he comes, people. he gets a briefing, whatever, that's cool. But mostly it's for the citizens of Gotham on some level that the Batman is out there or whatever. For some reason, that conception of it gets it over to me. But this, we're going to yeah. call him with it thing is f- stupid. Th- then basically every criminal would just camp out and take sniper shots at him every time he went to the fucking police station to talk to Gordon. Yeah. The fight scenes in this were really interesting. They weren't, they were good fight scenes, but they were like, he would get hit every once in a while and mm-hmm. and then come back and, you know, trash somebody I, I, you know, and it wasn't as fancy as I would normally like. It wasn't like the raid, raid redemption, which is mm-hmm. what I kind of wish Batman would be sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But I still really liked these fight scenes. There was an interesting flow to them where we got to watch the fight scene. It was yeah. shaky cam. It was not, you know, uh, like you're right in there with the fists or anything like that. You had to see him actually do the fight. So that part I really enjoyed. I think I think that 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 was something that got over on me is like I don't the fights weren't so dope that I can like remember every move of them to the level of like something like the Raid Redemption. But it is um, while I was watching them, I wasn't I wasn't pulled out too often 
with stunt dudes in the back, not kind of running up to get to get Batman. You know, there wasn't uh, the I, I call it from dusk till dawning, where like yeah. all the vampires of dusk till dawn were just sort of doing the mambo in in the back, waiting for to go, taking to waiting to take people on one on one. And there's fifty yeah. of them. They just sort of wait. There's not too much of that bullshit in there. There's some, but it's not super duper readily apparent. And I also liked. Um, in regards to like, okay, let's go back to uh, your conception of Batman and how that colors this sort of film. If yep. your conception of Batman is the slickest fighter in the history of the universe, then you ain't never seen a good Batman comic, um, Batman fight. Even if you count that Snyder thing, I don't know about you, but I don't know how often my Batman is like slinging crates around to hit dudes and stuff. He's like shurikating dudes he's shooting darts at them they're they're lost in a fog while they get fucked up there's never anybody that could shoot batman in the back of the head four times while he's engaged with one guy he's everywhere and yeah. he's fucking dudes up and, and 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 he's coming out of like you can see him cutting like a shark's fin through the plumes of smoke that he's put around the people and you know whenever you want to cheat it to see this dope move he does or whatever that's cool but he's not wasting much time on one dude because that makes other people be able to get a beat on him. If yeah. that's if that comic book conception that's totally mine and very many other people's too, because you're making up a lot of fight moves in between the comic panels. So yeah. we all have this thing in our head. I'm just saying, if you're looking for that, you've never seen Batman fight satisfactory on fucking screen ever. Not even the vaunted Ben Affleck fight scene from the fucking thing. Because again, there's 15 moves in there that are stupid as hell and would have got him killed. There's a, there's like the weird Frank Miller homage with the M60. There's all this wild shit going on in that fight. Some wild shit that sucks, even though it is by far the best pure Batman fight ever on screen. And I'm telling you, these fights were close enough to that type of shit, but more, I hate to say it, grounded and realistic than anything that we've seen before. Because again, you can say that the Krav Maga moves and Dark Knight and all those movies were very uh, grounded. But there's also a lot of like I'm hitting dudes five times and I'm not even using dudes as like a shield to fight another dude. Like there's I'm not even using the geography of the space to make it to where people can't get a beat on me and people can't surround me. The Batman in this movie was doing that type of shit. You could see a little thought at least put into in a L-shaped room. If he stays in this quadrant, dudes can't get behind him. And if they can get behind him. He'll turn around and catch one punch, but not get hit in the back of the head with something. He'll like, you know what I mean? He he, yep. he tried to calculate it down to the T. He messed it up a little bit like a human would do when he caught one hit, but he would have got clobbered if he didn't, if he wasn't this good. He would have got clobbered yeah. instead of getting yeah. one hit. Yeah, if he wasn't thinking about it. And we we at one point did get a sweet smoke bomb scene. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. like there's there's some really good the action in this is solid. But yeah, I, I'd say that solid. Yeah, it's solid. And the I loved look, I loved I loved all the sol- problem solving and the thinking. One thing I'd like to say about that though is I mean, for reals, this is the embody this movie, I agree with you, and I love the fact that there was actual detective work in it, but I swear to God, it's like that Eddie Murphy bit from Raw. The girl give up the pussy real quick. You're like, ah, that's a regular pussy. Go go with the pussy after six months. Like, oh man, this is some spectacular pussy. I waited six months for it. You find a cracker in the desert. What is this, a Ritz? Mm, This ain't no saltine. This got to be a Ritz. We've been waiting for Detective Batman so long that if we get five crumbs of it, we make it into a whole sleeve of crackers. 
That's all I got to say about the detective work in this movie. I'm not trying to be a dickhead about it because there was some. No. And I love the oh. fact that a lot of the detecting wasn't. It was simple, but it didn't necessarily solve all the shit because the plot is yes. so big. Batman shouldn't solve the problems that easy. It would be a boring ass movie if he just solved the problems really fast and then moved on mm-hmm. and kung fu somebody and then won the day. It would be boring. Like all the bad stuff that is gonna that needs to happen wouldn't happen in those situations, and you want them to happen because that makes a great story. So. Mm-hmm. He, so in that you know, in that respect, is this superior or inferior in your mind to let's call it the Burton verse and the um I'm just gonna go up to Burton verse because I know, I don't want I don't want to be bringing up the Schumacher stuff and try to trash yeah, that yeah. or anything like that you know what I'm saying out of respect for the respect for the fact that he's a good director on a lot of other things and was kind of told as a corporate mandate to make these things into bubble gum. It's yeah. not all the way his fault i mean this was the best he could do with a corporate mandate to get away from burtonville so that's one another reason why they they seem to be the most corporately controlled of the batman movies that are in existence because i know if you set up in a board meeting and told them you was about to do the dark knight trilogy they'd be like where's the giant typewriters (laughs) you know what i mean so uh so the other all these others are works of art i think the schumacher things were like corporate assholery so that's one reason why they're that's the reason to me why they're being excluded here. So yep. this movie, superior, inferior to these other conceptions of the Batman. And I don't want to give uh, Snyder's Batman short shrift because, frankly, there are parts of Batman that Snyder got better than anybody. And I say that fully knowing that I'm baiting his stupid fans into thinking I'm saying that he's a great director and he's awesome and all this shit. I will say he's got a great eye for action and he had yep. a great eye for Batman's action and some of his uber angst. But him being so obsessed with the Frank Miller of it all, I just can't I can't make that be better than the Batman. But the other movies, what do you what do you think? And I talk about maybe doing the Batman you envision in your head, because that's the only thing you could really argue. You can, it's like it's well, not even that's about the thing is like I'm trying to think about 89 and how he did do a lot of detective work in 89. He like, did a lot of he did a lot of chemistry. Chemistry. This one feels I think this is better for the detective style thing that I want. Okay, I so it's better than it that. Is. So, okay, what uh, uh, what about Nolan verse? Did he do more detecting than the like Nolan verse? Times it's better like, than Nolan verse. <laughs> but what about the giant machine that put together the bullet and took ten minutes? It cost a hundred billion dollars. Yeah, uh, that's like white privilege. <laughs> he just white privileged a bullet, is what he did. <laughs> The white privilege algorithm ran yeah. the shit and found the fingerprint. Okay, so hmm, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to agree with you. And I don't want to, I don't want it to come off as a leading question, but it is funny that like if you do want ba- Detective Batman, even if you're not, again, because I'm like, I think this Detective Batman was was a saltine cracker. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the people are exp- people are going to expect a Ritz. They're going to expect a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's a saltine cracker, but I've been known to gobble a few saltines. <laughs> those those shits are pretty good. They add a yeah. little texture to a lot of things, and that's what well, I felt I, like I, the detective work did in this was add. That's what I felt like the detective work in this did was add a little texture. It wasn't trying to be the end all be all of the entire movie. Yes. It added yes. texture that was needed. Okay, so yeah, the, the, it's pretty soundly trouncing the other movies in regards to detective stuff. 
and uh and and the Snyderverse, he was more of a fighter than a detective, a fighter and a punisher than a detective. So I got and, and a leader. He's supposed to be a leader. <laughs> That's guess. true. That's true. Yeah, it was almost like there the, he knew everything already, so there wasn't any real need to detect anything. And a lot of the times when he would do a break in to get information, they would gloss over that, but then they would show that goofy fight with him and Superman in the alley where he fucked up his Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> I would sit that motherfucker on Bill. Like, have, 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 a, have a good time trying to pay off this Batmobile, you piece of shit, on a journalist salary. Anyway, what do you think is uh, your favorite Gotham? And I'll just throw it out there just for me. I might think this is the best one. But I don't know. I'm not necessarily sold. I might need to see it a couple more times. But just off the off as a as a value judgment, this Gotham got me enough for you or no? It's better than the Chris Nolan one because that's just like they're like, oh, Gotham is New York or Chicago, and mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I like we we talked about it in our in our um, in some of our conceptions of what the best Gotham is. And that's like, it should feel like it's gothic, like Gotham mm. gothic. It should feel like that. And mm-hmm. this movie definitely had that. I think it's, I think it might be tied for my 89 though, because 89 mm-hmm. was a really good Gotham. Like the feel of it, the police, the mayor, the whole feel of the God of Gotham was like pretty good. Although I will say Weirdly enough, is a little more cartoony, bubblegummy from the '89 was, uh, mm. and this one does feel like a grittier Gotham, like a darker Gotham. Well, it feels like '89 so, was like on gritty sound stages, and it seems yes. like. This one was on gritty streets, even though I obviously probably a lot of it was filmed on sound stages. Yeah, it, it, but it's really good. I think it's at least a tie, if not just beating out 89. And, and I want to say that I'm probably going to just say that it's com- like you were to me, you're only comparing to 89 in comparison. Like, does it beat 89? Um, mm. I guess you could argue, uh, Dark Knight. Right, Dark Knight with uh, Heath Ledger um, as the Joker. Well, I mean, I think I would say uh, of the Nolan movies, the the most Gothamy it got was in Batman Begins, if you think about yes. it, because they gave you some of the layout of it. Like, okay, here's the docks, and then here's these narrows where it's like water yeah. is with these. What you know, what I'm saying, I got to I got to give that one and, a little a little credit for trying to and the conceive. train, and yeah, and the train that goes to the center of the city and the Waynes, blah blah blah. Um, I I think I got to give that some credit for being dope because, like, honestly, man, again, I'm of that weird camp of stupid people who think that Batman Begins is better than The Dark Knight. I just felt like it was less overwrought. It was more tight. It was like better in a lot of ways. No, it didn't have the greatest on-screen performance in the last twenty years in a comic book thing. No, it didn't have that. Uh, but it had a story that made all the sense. And it didn't have two villains fight fighting for Batman's attention and 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 in a way that is that I found frankly distasteful. Give me more Joker, or give me a Two Face movie and build up to a Joker movie or do something. But like just jamming Two Face in there just made it feel like uh, 
Batman Returns type of just overstuffed with shit going on. And I, I didn't dig it. So uh, the, it's just very simple elucidation of the Batman idea and Batman Begins and just yeah. great explanations for all, where all the shit came from and just just a great screenplay by Goyer, man. I think when Goyer stops, when Goyer starts getting too big for his britches or when Goyer starts getting too interfered with, I think that's when he starts sucking as far as him making these big movies and shit. But his his script for Blade is amazing and his script for Batman Begins is fucking killing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I wish I could write two screenplays that fucking good. So I just got to give that Gotham a little props, but Overall, I think this Gotham, this Gotham pretty much, you're right, Gotham, Gothic. I always thought of my Gotham being a, a mix of like um, early 19th century England and France. Like, a, like okay. this, it's like a European city in America. So it's like even more historically, like we kept all our historical shit than like philadelphia even so like and yeah. and fucking gotham there are places like in philadelphia that have cobblestone fucking streets the beginnings of new york when new york first was like getting into a city was i i feel like mm-hmm. as well yeah yeah Especially all the with shit that from, island fill yeah all the shit from gangs of new york and, and all uh, type of shit as far as an architecture that survived like almost the 200 years that we've been a country you know what I'm saying? And that's why there's so many switchbacks and back alleys and shit that's been built over other shit. You know what I'm saying? That's why there's so many nooks and crannies for criminals to hide. That's why there's so many hideouts. That's why there's so many uh, back alleys. That's why there's so many of all that because it's like a modern city trying to fit on top of fucking a old ass Parisian cobblestone speakeasy ass type of place. You're building yeah. a modern city on top of that. And that's what it should be like. That's why the buildings are so high. They're on top of other shit. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and they're almost fragile as they stab the sky with all this weird uh, uh, architecture all over the fucking place. It's almost like the city's a Giacometti sculpture or anything. Anyway, that's a little bit high, too highfalutin. But the bottom line is Gotham City and this one, I felt like I felt some of that, not as much as maybe 89, but they did their own Gotham. I'll, I'll yeah. give them credit for doing their own Gotham. Uh, another one was uh, Alfred. What do you think about this one's Alfred as opposed to the other ones? I don't know. It just feels like he's more important. Hmm. Like, I mean, there's some activity that he get. He like helps more, and mm-hmm. it's clear that he's responsible for Bruce being Bruce, like Batman being Batman. It is he is partly responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And, he's, he's not like just dealing with somebody who's going off the deep end and going crazy. It's almost like he kind of yeah. helped to make him that way and then got surprised <laughs> that, yeah. that it went this far. And he's not just bringing him tea and right, sending right. him the Batmobile and, right. you know, that type of shit. So, huh. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And so, for more elucidations about this, you can you're about to switch over to the spoiler section. But as a wrap up of this one, I'll just say, when you're trying to find out, I'll just reiterate: when you're trying to find out what is your favorite Batman movie, just understand how much personal baggage you bring to it, and understand yes. that you don't have the definitive version of Batman. Because there's people right now shaking their fists at the things that maybe we've said and going, "Well, no, my Batman is this. He's super exotic fighter." race car driver escape artist we didn't talk about none of that shit just now 
Yeah. But the, and and it's just that's their Batman. Their Batman is that. Another guy's Batman is another thing, so on and so forth. It's really about what you appreciate about the character and what things I will say. I the part I find disingenuous when people go, Batman could be whatever you want it to be, is that you kind of look at what's survived for 70 years as the character. Yeah. And him being scary to criminals and inspiring to people. And scary to certain people, yeah, who can see maybe the darkness that they've done before. Maybe these people can see the uh it or maybe Batman's effect on the criminals it, it goes to some of the common man. But like a six year old kid, unless you're beating up his dad, six year old kid sees Batman. Batman's nine feet tall. He's got techno weapons coming out of him. He's a dog. Whatever kids think they see, it's very impressionistic. But yeah, if you're a cop, so cool, right? Yeah. And if you're a cop, you see a fucking asshole who's dangerous, uh, but maybe saved you and your partner's life. And you see it just like that, and so on and so yep. forth. You see him in these different ways. It's like a Rorschach test, and I feel like the 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 things that survive are shit like that like batman being different things to different people and batman being a constant force in the city that works with jim gordon and is a good fighter and is a smart guy that's yeah. about what has survived him being scared of criminals and the other shit i just said that's the stuff that survived 80 years of continuity so yeah. if you look at it like that I think this is a great as Batman movie. If you look at it, yeah. just it did all that stuff. And let's let's talk about this just a little bit. Like um, Pete Holmes, I was listening to another podcast. I know how could I do that? But um, Pete Holmes was talking about it on um, on a, on another podcast, and he said this is a really great movie that was not made for me. Mm, and yeah. and I think that that's that's like one of those things that happens. Sometimes you'll watch something and that thing, it's just not for you. And you can see that there's quality in it and that that take just that's just not your take. And that's OK. I think this movie is a, an example of that for a lot of people because I've seen plenty of complaints about it, uh, complaints that I disagree with, but I also understand where they're coming from. I think that they're also not taking a a good enough look at this to understand where some of the quality is. Well, and, and the spoiler section, we're going to get more into that real like right now about like the some of the things that people are kind of balking at about the movie that are basically just them balking at certain choices. I'll say I agree with your uh, thing about you know your choices are. I mean, the choice of what you like about it really, you know, again, that's been pounded home in this conversation. But it's like yeah. uh, that was me with um, The Dark Knight. Like I said, I'm a crazy person who thinks Batman Begins is kind of basically far superior besides one performance to The Dark Knight. I felt like it was muddled and weird and the ending was weird and t Tiny Lister with a fucking bomb thingy and the rich guys with a bomb thingy and the prisoners of the that shit didn't mean nothing to me. It was like the dumbest, most convoluted shit. It was by far the fakest, dumbest thing that ever happened in Batman until the stuff in The Dark Knight Rises, which got faker and dumber. So it was like it started out so grounded and then just went comic book crazy in a way that I thought was sucky, just frankly. In summation, this is the end of the non-spoiler section. And in summation, this Batman is at least as Batman as any of the other movies that feature Batman. 
Agreed. And it's just if you if you like the way that it put together those elements that make Batman, then I think you'll fucking love this thing. <clears throat> but if you if you need Playboys and you need a lot of this more developed Batman persona, you're not going to get it because this is year two. It isn't that excruciating origin story. You're not going to have to sit through any pearls dropping. Thank goodness. Yeah, but you are going to have to deal with a Batman that isn't quite the toast of the fucking town, key to the city shit, which obviously I hate too. So, okay, that is the end of the non-spoiler section. There are spoilers from now on. 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 Okay. Uh, Dude, the the criticism of the ending is fucking pissing me off, dude. It's really fucking pissing there's me a, off. There's what a is the lot. criticism? I haven't read it. There's there's just sh- there's shit tons. Like a uh, fucking uh the most eloquent one that I kind of can see where their point is. The only one where I can even see where their point is. Mark Bernardin did one on Fat Man Beyond where he was talking about um basically Batman doesn't really detect anything or solve any his detective work doesn't amount to anything much in the same way that Indiana Jones trying to stop the Nazis in and in, in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark doesn't really amount to anything. He acknowledges that it's cool that he's going through these motions and he's finding these clues and he's da 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 da. But uh, he was like, basically, when it ends, they should have just ended it at that part where he's in the um, the place with the Riddler, the fucking holding cell, and the Riddler saying, I kind of thought you were my buddy working with me through this whole case. You thought you were detecting and trying to find me. Well, then why couldn't you find me? You could, you're so dumb. You're not as smart as I thought you were. I thought you were smart enough to understand that we are two of a piece and we did this together. We killed all these bad guys, except Bruce Wayne. We missed him shit. But other than that, we're dope. Are, are you stupid? Well, fuck you then. You don't know about my plan. And I blew everything up. And and after that, it should have like ended somewhere around there. There's a lot of people arguing that that should have been some ending, and that if he was going to go to the stadium and do all that shit with the Riddler's people, that that should have been like either like after credits or so- somebody argued that it should be after credits. I don't think that was Mark. Somebody argued that that should be after credits or during the credits or something. And somebody else argued that it's like it's a whole other movie after that point, and that's why it's so long and dumb and blah blah. blah. And I'm just like. I don't get that at all because the point is it's a choice to be like seven in seven the the villain basically turns himself in much like the Riddler more or less does. He shoots a guy and then walks a block down the street and makes a fucking uh, 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 question mark in a cup and sit yeah. there till the fucking cops come. So if that ain't giving yourself up, I don't know what is. So at the end of seven, John Doe gives himself up. The, the heroes do not have a chance to catch him. They come close to catching him earlier, but they do not catch him. He turns himself in. Because his last act is to be a prisoner and use them to complete his thing. And that's more or less what the Riddler did, more or less. Yeah. And so, like, I, being mad that he didn't stop it from happening is dumb because it's trying to be like seven. So, like, why are you hating on this it, trying to be again, like that? I think this is another one of those problems. And I'm surprised that Mark Bernardin complained about it because he's a guy who understands that you need to escalate stories and that you need to make it so that your hero doesn't always succeed. In fact, most of the time he doesn't. He gets some success at the end of it. And and if you don't do that, you're not telling a good story. Sorry, guys. I know you want Batman to have just stopped the crime. Like maybe he figures out a way to turn all the bombs off all at once and everyone lives happily ever after or or something like that. 
but this is this is a, a a Batman where he he gets to actually save people in a dire situation that he couldn't prevent because people are psychopaths. Like that part is great, and he mm-hmm. then becomes like a hero in that moment. He becomes a real hero when he is saving people and leading them uh, to 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 a safer area literally that's that's the that's the story the story is him stopping being the guy who just fights crime and becoming the guy who saves lives and inspires people mm-hmm. that's the story so if you don't have that moment you don't have the story the story just ends at that point and the story is there's a batman and he did some batman stuff and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get that point. And I, I just think it's one of these things where, for me, my only feeling about that whole criticism is that after he fights the guys, the stuff that he does since then is not that cool. It's cool that Batman would deign to lift people out of a thing. But I just felt like that part could have been cooler. Like if I was going to give any demerit – like him, just him, just sort of jumping out and grabbing that thing, and then slicing it with his chest battering, and then falling into some water, and then moving a thing that probably if three of them fucking got together, they could probably have moved. That really wasn't my jam, but I, I can understand it being if it was too fresh of a stunt or something. I'm just asking for like a little bit of save the day, and yeah, then yeah. lead them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, okay. but again, in this movie's conception of reality. That's a little pushing it. Like he did just beat up 10 armed people and stop the mayor from getting killed and then take uh substance, which we talked about uh, on what on, on uh, some of our Patreon content, patreon.com uh, forward slash the greatest pod. Uh, the, the, uh, the whole jazz about him putting some green substance as either adrenaline or venom that stuff that Bane venom. abuses. Uh, he putting something into himself to come back and help out after he'd gotten basically uh, shotgunned and beat up into unconsciousness and saved by Catwoman, which is awesome. Uh, after that happened and Catwoman gets hit, he has to come out of his stupor quickly. So he uses a super drug and he wakes up. At that point, he's like spent. You know what I mean? So he uses his last bit of power to beat up that last guy. And he's just like, Fuck, I'm so tired. I'm so weary and I've done so much and, and I've failed so much and this is so bad and the mayor's shot and all this shit. And he finds the wherewithal to just get up and jump out on that thing and grab that thing and drop down and help people. That's quite good enough. But for yeah. me, if we're doing Batman, Batman, I'm just saying some shit was falling on him and he swung down there just in time and knocked it off of him some kind of cool way using leverage and smarts to do a superhuman thing with him being Batman and yeah. keep a big, 10 ton girder from falling on these people and some other damage fell on them, but it was way less than what would have happened. And then he yeah, pulls yeah. some of the shit off of them and it weighs, it looks like it weighs 500 pounds, but he's like, just yanks it off of him in his fury. And then he grabs a little, after he does something like that, he grabs a little boy, you know what I'm saying? But it was kind of just, he kind of moves some debris off some people. But again, it was quite good enough after all the cool shit I'd seen him do through the movie and all the wear and tear. I felt like it was quite good enough, but just, if I was going to criticize something, I think it, that being a little lackluster made people think it sucked and didn't mean anything when in actuality, if you just look at what happened, it meant a lot. 
you know. Yeah. And uh, there, there is uh, just going through these uh, stupid criticisms quickly. The whole there isn't enough um, Bruce Wayne jazz. Or Bruce Wayne in there was too petulant. He was too much of a bitch ass to Alfred. I kind of love that because he took Alfred for granted. Like Alfred taught him everything he knew, but all but he also kept up the myth that your daddy was the dopest motherfucker ever. Your yeah. daddy was the dopest dude, never made any mistakes, blah, blah. Because that's what you tell a little kid about their fucking dad. We're all old enough. Anybody listening to the sound of my voice on this podcast is old enough to know that your dad, he may be pretty cool. But he ain't no saint. Yeah. And the 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 fucking there's all types of shit life. And if your dad dies, you don't be like, oh yeah, your dad also was like, you know he made a mistake it's just like, you know, hung out with a, a gangster one time and well, you know. Or a bunch of times, which, you know, yeah. that that's another thing. There's all this soft peddling of what happened. It's like, okay, if you are a big time politician, you know gangsters. Period. I don't give a fuck what country you in. I don't give a fuck what type of society you in. From the Romans yeah. to now, if you are a big time politician, pan to seen, the left of the Queen of England, you will see a fucking gangster. Have you seen Gavin Newsom's hair? You think he doesn't know gangsters? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. This Catwoman was so great. Like everything was great. She was awesome. The the the, the fighting was great. The 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 story about her is great there's a there's a such a human element to her and such great points in the comparison between her and uh batman it's just mm-hmm. uh, God, that part might be my favorite part of the whole movie is that mm-hmm. whole relationship and dichotomy and comparison was just like really really well done um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm loving the fact that they've after all these goddamn years of saying that these villains are twisted reflections of the Batman, like the Joker being a clown and being chaos is a is a reflection of the Batman. Number one, that's a stretch. That's a Reed Richard stretch. I don't give a fuck what you talk about. Batman is as chaotic as almost any fucking body. He's supposed to be so controlled, but his effect is chaos. So to say that somebody who is chaos is the opposite of chaos doesn't make any fucking sense. But I do say this. In this movie, they finally kind of got it right in regards to these people being some reflection of him. The Penguin is not a reflection of, of Bruce Wayne or Batman. That's not. It doesn't apply. But the Riddler is certainly a reflection of Batman. And mm-hmm. Catwoman is maybe Catwoman is the best in that she she looks like a a reflection of Batman if you're looking at it from Batman's point of view. But from her point of view, she's just doing her own thing and handling her own fucking business. And she happened to run into another motherfucker that jumps across rooftops at night, knows some Kyle Maga and knows some parkour. From yeah. her perspective, she met another motherfucker like her, not the other way around. She didn't yep. start jumping around in cat suits and jumping through windows and shit the day she saw the Batman. The Riddler kind of did, but she didn't. She's her own motherfucker. And I I loved and she's got her own agenda through the whole movie. And which which they had even in the 91 Batman Returns with Catwoman in it. That's been a kind of a consistent thing. I don't really remember what her whole deal was in Dark Knight Rises, I must confess. <laughs> I really don't remember. I remember how they met and all the different stuff and how they end up together and shit. But I don't remember what I I remember her, her trying to be a little bit of a fight the power person, but it's Anne fucking Hathaway having Zoe Kravitz, who is Hollywood royalty. Let's let's give it up. But having her play an urban and urbane 
Catwoman uh, was like an urban as in she lives in the fucking city. Now she's black. She, she, yes. she really was an urban person. And she yeah. was the city was her home. You can't imagine her in the countryside. She's not a barn cat. She's a stray cat. You know what I mean? Yep. She drank milk for Christ's sake. She had long uh, nails. It was just you're. I mean, you're right that it was great. You're it right that it was great. great. It was and so her, great. And, and her reflection of him in regards to uh, this is the type of person you are when you are trying to be a creature of the night with no money. You got a raggedy mask on. You got a cat. You got a dope ass, probably five hundred dollar uh, cat suit, five hundred thousand dollar cat suit. And you got a little ski mask on <laughs> and you got yeah. a whip and you flip around and you do stuff. You ain't got no super fresh car. You got a, you got a little motorcycle that works pretty good, but you ain't, you don't have all this accoutrement. She's like the stripped down version of him. She's the poor person, frankly, version of him. And the Riddler is the middle class, enough money to get in trouble version of her. Like these tea party motherfuckers and these January <laughs> six type motherfuckers and shit. They got just yep. enough money to get in trouble. They got just enough money to feel so inferior to super billionaires. Whereas homegirl, until she says that shit about uh, white privilege and whatever, which turned off a thousand neckbeards, I know. I'm sure. But the the part where she's talking about that, she's talking about like she she clocks Batman as somebody who grew up with money but has thrown off that part of the system. But at that point in Batman's life, he has not just because he's dressing up like a rebel. Doesn't mean he's actually fighting crime like a rebel. You see, because in the beginning of the movie, he's walking around like Travis Bickle, ready to get it on with any kind of street crime, the poor people of the world, the drunks, the crazies, the people who do the knockout game, which doesn't actually fucking exist. But since a lot of people choose to do random violence to people, it's been sold to the white Fox generation as a bunch of urban youths thinking that they're going to go knock people out. That was one of the wackest parts of the movie to me. It's like a perpet- pet perpetuation of the fact that there's some yeah. urban. It was all a bunch games. of white people, but you know, it's still. just like, yeah, but you know what? The, I mean, the, these days, every gang is a fucking Benetton ad. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> so, so uh, the, the native American and a Sikh Muslim and a fucking Eskimo. And they're all lined up to be in this fucking urban gang. It's like, okay, what the fuck ever. I'm just saying that that aspect of him always walking the streets to be in the low life places is part of year one. He's walking around looking to beat up low lives. And by the end of the movie, he understands that his fucking responsibility as Bruce Wayne and Batman is to take on some fat cats and do some work at the top. Instead of yep. beating up motherfuckers at night, like everything every pseudo intellectual has said about Batman needs to do is elucidated in this movie. He is not doing it right the fuck now, but people around him are acknowledging that he is not using his civilian persona to do enough charity work. He is not in his nighttime persona beating up enough rich motherfuckers, yep. and he's only really given a fuck about certain crimes when he's drawn in personally with his name on a fucking note, and it's a person of note. That's why it's all of a sudden a big fucking deal because this dude Riddler is blowing up rich people in the heads of the city. And all of a sudden it comes to his door that he's part of these rich people who have been scavenging off the city, who cozied up the gangsters, ripping money off out of this fund that was supposed to change the city. He's grown up in the shadow of that and the shadow of gangsters taking his dad's money and fucking the city up. And now that he's grown enough to do something about it and think something about it, all he's doing is get on the goddamn bus and going to beat up people at night. 
Yep. And you know what I'm saying? Instead of working that shit out. So by the end of the movie, he understands he needs to do more crime fighting at the top and the bottom, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, motherfuckers who can't see that, what the fuck are you watching? Like, that's yeah. what's important about this movie. Yeah, I 100% agree. And it, it, you really get a, a Batman who's going to become, like, the Batman you want. The Batman mm-hmm. that you've always wanted is the Batman that might happen in the next movie. Or the next or, two, you know. Or yeah. at least attempt to. You know, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting well, to see what they do. But, okay, because everybody always always like, okay, well, if what if Bruce Wayne just, like, spent more of his money and made Gotham better? Well, you're going to see that. That's mm-hmm. – that guy, that has clearly been set up mm-hmm. that he's going to do that. Well, what if Batman was mostly fighting real criminals instead of lowlifes all the time? You're going to see that. You're mm-hmm. going to see him take out big time drug dealers and big time mobsters and people in charge who are good people. You're going to get Commissioner Gordon instead of Lieutenant Gordon. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're going to get all of the stuff that you want to see Batman do. And I think that they, if they do that after three movies, that would be rad. Yeah, I would love I mean, a Lieutenant uh, Gordon in this next one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not to him to just – he automatically gets to be commissioner all the time real quick, you know? And I'm just thinking like a couple years, a couple, three years of him showing that Batman's not a fake and a fraud and showing that his work with Batman has actually changed the city for the better. It would get him commissioner, but just him kind of surviving one movie with Batman. I don't know that that makes you the commissioner necessarily. And and we could do the whole buddy cops thing. That really dawned on me as cool in this movie is that buddy cop shit with with Gordon. That got over on me something fierce, man. And I know they did a little bit of it in in Nolanverse. Don't get it twisted. They did a great intro to this sort of thing in the Nolanverse so it wouldn't freak people out. But just they're like buddy cops for like 30 minutes in, in the movie, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, they even have that great scene with the penguin. <laughs> yeah, Colin Farrell, by the way, I didn't even know it was him at first. Mm-hmm. And that was incredible too. Like that's the other thing about this. Uh, I don't know if anyone did a bad job on their parts. Everyone nailed their part. Nailed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I uh, I mentioned this about about Alfred. I, I one of the things I liked it that is that he's he would he one of the lines is he's like I can teach you to fight, but I can't teach you, you know, you know how how to feel and how to how to be a, a good person and you know all this other stuff that he felt mm-hmm. bad about because he had to be a dad and he and he wasn't and and that 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 that's a huge thing for Bruce as well is he realizes he cares about Alfred by the, that's the other thing that you're missing. Mm-hmm. He starts off, this is called an arc people. It's one of the, my mm-hmm. favorite things. Mm-hmm. He starts off as this guy who's not appreciating Alfred as much as he should, because he realizes because he's like so focused on the work on being the Batman that he, he misses the important stuff. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, he realizes how important Alfred was the entire time and how much he cares about it. And that the only fear he had left was losing someone he cared about, which was him. Mm-hmm. And like that is that is an arc and it is beautiful. So mm-hmm. I it's just like there's a lot about this that's great. <laughs> there's just so much great stuff in it. And I don't know, man. The more we talk about it, I feel like I have to wait a while because I just saw it, you know, like a, a week ago or whatever. 
But like uh, right now, I still I am leaning towards this being the best Batman movie overall. I mean, I mean, uh, another thing that they mentioned on on uh, Fat Man Beyond was uh, uh, Kevin Smith. And this is so this is so like fucking five steps removed. But Kevin Smith quoted a tweet who he couldn't remember, which is super bad form. And I do it all the time, too. But like he goes, um, Nolan verse brought Batman to the real world. This movie is making Batman's world real. And it's and I'm going to put it in Twitter and find out who said it and maybe put it in the, in the notes for this because it's so smart. That's a smart observation because it is like, okay, if there was a fucking guy named the fucking penguin and he ran a place called the Iceberg Lounge, what would it realistically be like? I think Nolan would be like, well, he does have a long, weird nose we're going to do with prosthetics. And he does have a cigarette holder or whatever. Maybe Warner Brothers wouldn't let him smoke or whatever. But the bottom line is he would find some way to like penguin him up in an interesting way. Like, like I, I read an old uh, Batman movie script by fuck Tom Mankiewicz, I think it was. And it had a penguin in there who had to be kept at like 60 degrees or 35. No, he had to be kept at like 35 degrees mostly because he was cold because <laughs> he was a penguin. Yes, and I'm telling you, Nolan would have did some shit like that. Like, I have a rare skin condition that makes me portly and have a long nose, and I like to be in the cold, so they called me the Penguin. So, you know what I mean? Like this, this bullshit, supposedly realistic way to make a dude like the Penguin. But in this, it's like, okay, if the Penguin was in a real world, what type of real world would support what kind of Penguin? And that's the Penguin that we get in this: a guy who's kind of fat, maybe waddles a bit when he walks. But it's tough enough to have people never call the penguin to his fucking face and have him be important in the underworld of Gotham City, but not so important that Batman could bust him and throw him in Arkham. You notice how the penguin never goes to Arkham because he's smart enough to keep his fucking hands clean. And that's how the penguin's been depicted in the last 20 years of fucking comics from Ed Brubaker, you know, on basically, maybe a little yeah. bit before that, is like a. I am but a humble spice trader, Batman. You can't just be dragging me down and busting me with these losers. I'm yeah. too important to the business community. I run it for mayor. You know what I mean? That type of shit, which is which is pretty cool. And they did have him run for mayor and other things. But I'm just saying that that aristocratic lineage, but for the real world, he's an aristocrat amongst gangsters. This penguin would never be able to run for mayor. He's like a gangster's right hand man who yep. now at the end of this movie ha now has a chance to become the main man, the, like the kingpin of crime of Gotham, basically. Yep. You know. That was fucking super interesting, you know, and and uh, and the Riddler, we don't I think in all these talks about this shit, the Riddler never gets talked about because they keep Batman and the Riddler apart for literally the entire movie. That's one. Yep. Another thing people probably hate is that he never even had any close scrapes catching the Riddler. You know, is that yep. like even in seven, they go knock on John Doe's door and he shoots at them and barely gets away. And, and he does have. Officer Mills his life in his hands. He's about to shoot him. But if he shoots him, he can't make him into wrath at the end of the movie. So he lets him live. If there was one tweak I would make to this, if you're going to try to be like seven, be like seven all the way and have yeah. the Riddler at some point in the movie, even physically, even if he has to pull some trickeration to do it, make Batman go into a saw trap or something. Batman just stumbles out of some saw trap and barely escapes. 
and gets knocked on the head with that freaking carpet thing and fucked up by the Riddler. And he's like, you can't be here now. It's too soon, stupid. What's five and seven and five times in heaven? Goodbye. And he jumps out the fucking window or whatever the fuck. After he fucks the Batman up, you know? Just give me some of that. That would have made this That would have been okay with that. That would have been like a 12.5 out of 10. If something like that happened in the movie, because I think it would tie Batman to the Riddler in a way that people could get with. But again, I like the choice to keep them apart. I like the yep. choice that Batman didn't solve the case enough to get his mitts on the Joker that fast. Well, he didn't and, solve and it to be clear, part of, the, part of the reason that happened is this is a mystery. It's You're mm-hmm. not supposed to really know who the bad guy is until the end. And the, bad, the good guy is not supposed to catch the bad guy until the end. Mm-hmm. And Batman and, and the, doesn't yeah, even and catch the, him. Yes. And in the end, even when you catch him, you haven't stopped this plan. To me, that's exactly. so fucking sick. And I love the way that we kind of weaponize these henchmen in this as we round out here. The, some of the, let's talk about some of the innovations of this movie. Cause I think that that's how we can round it out and make our case for whether or not it's up there. I think it's up there. Spoiler alert. But I'm just saying like, these are the reasons. Top reason figuring out a way to have Batman fail into what his actual purpose is. Because again, and people have pointed this out, but like if he just finds the Riddler, foils his plan and beats his ass, that's the same old shit. That's always been done. It's always you fight the villains henchmen for some reason, all the movies are structured like this. You fight a hundred guys who bench press 500 pounds each and have Uzis. And then you get up to the villain and spend 10 minutes some kind of way fighting him, even though he sucks worse than the lowest of these henchmen at fighting. And then you beat, and then somehow you're so scarred up or beat up or your arm hurts and you, you end up beating him just barely. And then the fucking credits roll. That sucks. That's old yep. and that sucks. Having him be in fucking custody, but his people are still out there. The meme meaning viral idea of the Riddler being out there still doing bad, still doing wrong. That's scarier than any of that comic book bullshit. And it's real. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a real innovation of the form. The henchmen are people you have to deal with even after the villain is captured. That's an innovation. I call that an innovation for this type of storytelling. And and I do love that they, you know, they're they're making a little commentary about 8chan and 4chan and all that shit uh, (coughs) with these with these idiots trying to getting all excited about the Riddler doing all these crimes and being a part of the community and all that shit. Like Mm -hmm. it was super interesting. And it also happens all the time because psychopaths like try to find other psychopaths and then they relate to each other and it's uh, horrifying and scary. So they reinforce each other's mania, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and so that was, that was a really great take on it too. Um, I love him going kind of crazy when he realized when he, when Batman's like, no, you're a psychopath. Like you're, you're, you're a maniac. Like we're not the same. We're not on, we're not on a team, you know? And, and he's like, no, no, it was like, it was like, (laughs) he started screaming, Paul, uh, Paul, uh, Dano, Dano, uh, Mm -hmm. dude, that was great. And, Here's the thing, like, 
is it Heath Ledger? Will we really get to see how crazy this actor nailed this part? I mean, only a mm. little bit. It, uh, we only saw him for a small amount of time, so we don't really get how cool it is. But yeah, well, I think that's I think another thing people it. are missing is like you only see the villain in his element doing his crimes, and you get to see maybe one tape sent to the city or whatever. I want to, as we round out, I do want to talk about this point. There are these things I, I personally don't know how enchanted I am by this. This is why I think this movie is so good. Because I don't know how much I like this. Batman is directly responsible for how many crazy fucks are in the city. I think this movie was perfect at at making the case that if you're a broke-ass halfway hooker that works in this gangster barn so you can get close to your father so you can kill him for killing your mother, you're a certain sort of parkour, bank robber, agile, catsuit-wearing person that roams the night. If you're a fat motherfucker that probably grew up Welsh but moved over to America and got to be the right-hand man of a guy, blah, 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 you turn out like the penguin. The penguin turns you into a certain thing and so on and so forth. Even those weird twins that were guarding the door and all this different shit. Gotham is like New York or L.A. It makes freaks. It yep. makes freaks and it attracts them in equal measure. So yep. I think that that is an interesting take on it. So. In that respect, though, people have been getting over this. You're a weird, wicked mirror. These people are mirrors of Batman. It's just this idea has been trotted out so often and it's so wrong most of the time. Catwoman. Yeah, but but it's but even that, it's like such a stretch to say the goddamn Mad Hatter or Joker or these weird fucks are some sort of mirror for a a, a coiled spring ninja mastermind sherlock holmes a fucking yep. crazy clown is not the mirror of that it's stupid to say that it doesn't make yeah. any sense but the riddler in this movie again he's the middle class version of what you do with the pain that you go through as an orphan in the city yeah. if you're a middle class or lower class orphan you got you enough money to get you a job you get you enough money to get around, but you remember babies dying in the winter, rats nibbling your finger, and all the while you could literally look across a football field's feet away and see another orphan who was up in the house getting served tea by a former SAS member. You know what I'm saying? That was teaching him Krav yeah. Maga, Kung Fu before breakfast and shit. So yeah. you can and, and and getting to ride the best bike and doing the best shit all the time. You could literally see him doing that. So. This was the very first fucking time where we actually had mirrors of Batman. Catwoman is a mirror of Batman in regards to that's the way that the city spit her out and made her into a creature of the night. And this Riddler is an orphan like Bruce. He lived in the same place as Bruce. He got to see Bruce every day and come to covet him like like Silence of the Lambs and shit. And he um, has enough. He doesn't have enough money to get a super Batmobile or even build one. He doesn't have a super fresh lair. He doesn't have any of these things and all this money. Could, you would think maybe he could become like a vigilante of the night and fight corporate greed and shit like that. But he grew up too poor. He didn't have time to sit around and learn about Archimedes and all this bullshit. He had to teach himself to be smart in a whole different way and, a, and more of a venal, low-down way, basically. And he just never saw the system as something that he could – have enough money to subvert or have enough influence to fight. So he had to get himself 
in the mindset of the terrorist. The terrorist is always fighting something way bigger than them. So they feel like they could do anything to defeat it. I'll blow myself up in an open marketplace if I'm fighting guys with cruise missiles. You know what I mean? I I have to do dastardly shit just to fight people this big. Batman goes, I have to do cool ass expensive shit to fight people this far above the law or fight people who are who are this prevalent that the cops can't get to all of them. It's just a, a that's an actual funhouse mirror of Batman for the fucking first time literally ever on screen unless you kind of count Rachel Ghoul from Batman Begins. It's yeah. literally the first time that you see that actual funhouse mirror. You could maybe argue Harvey at Harvey Dent from Dark Knight Returns, but I will not. Or rather, from yeah. the Dark Knight, but I will not. Yeah. So I, this is the I, first time that happened. I 100 percent agree. I don't. I don't. I no notes. That's. I, I, <laughs> uh, and so, last things last. So, can you definitively after seeing? Because I've only seen it one good time too. I'm gonna go see it again. But I think that I was watching it pretty good. There was no distractions in my theater. There was like three people in there. It was fucking Nirvana. So. <laughs> I think I saw what I fucking saw, and there was a time where I kind of had to pee for the last 10 minutes that I could feel myself getting ganked out of the movie a little bit, and this kind of not-that-dramatic shit is starting to happen with the fucking Batman jumping in the water and saving kids and being all dirty in broad daylight, loading people onto helicopters, and I was just like, I don't know if I like this. But the whole time the movie was assuring me that we need this. We need the city to see Batman as a real fucking guy. We need this Batman to see a real guy that isn't a selfish prick beating people up at night. He does that, and he, he gets his hands literally dirty. That's why they show Batman being so dirty. The motherfucker looked like he came out of nine eleven or something. Yeah. They showed his ass being dirty and dusty and muddy from helping people, and I gotta say, that was kind of a necessary image, and I think that's one, one reason why Nolan did that shit in in Dark Knight Rises. He felt the same way. He felt like the people of Gotham kind of needed to see Batman walking with them, fighting with them in broad daylight. You know what I'm saying? Totally out of his element. He felt like that was necessary. I felt like it was way better done in this movie. So in in the aggregate, I'd, I'd say for all those reasons, this is my favorite Batman movie. Uh, just as as one last thing, the wingsuit thing was great. Uh, me and Eric Barnes talked about it. Him smashing his head into the bridge probably would have killed him. Him smashing his head into that bus at that speed probably would have killed him. Him rolling a, bit, a billion times as a CGI guy kind of sucked. But the idea that as a last resort, he has some kind of wingsuit that he could use. That's fantastic. That's just realistic enough for me. It just perfect, perfect, perfect. Just enough technology. And we didn't even talk about the Batman, which uh, rather the Batmobile, which I felt was just like that as well. Just right amount of perfect. Built it himself. He built it himself. Just perfect amount of not real. You know, the wingsuit thing, perfect amount of not real. The eye things that he uses with Catwoman as well. To record everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. The freaking micro. I, at first, I was really trying to reject those. Uh, and then I found out that they were introduced by Scott Snyder. And I was like, oh, God, I really hate these now. No disrespect <laughs> to Scott Snyder. He's such. Scott, not Zack Snyder, Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder yeah. writing the comics. I, I but I just feel like, oh, I mean, in the comics, I didn't like them. And this shit, I felt like 
they're almost this necessary evil for you to kind of get over the fact that he's a generalist. He's he is a good detective, but he can't be like making memory palaces and shit like Sherlock Holmes yeah. just yet. He's not some Superman with the shit. So he cheats a bit. That if yeah. we're gonna talk about Batman real characteristics, one, he fights crime at night, two, he has a relationship with Gordon, three, he's a pretty good fighter and a damn good detective. And four or five, I guess. He cheats like a motherfucker, man. Yep. He cheats. He's a great cheat. That's a great (laughs) thing for him. So, like, all that to say, yeah, uh, with just one viewing, I think this is fighting Batman Begins for best movie for me. And again, Dark Knight Returns was, I mean, excuse me, The Dark Knight was very fucking well made, obviously. It, It dragged comic book movies out of a certain ghetto, I think. It's great and awesome and all that shit. It's also bloated, just as overlong, in my opinion, as this movie is in certain ways. And I'm just saying, this movie for me is fighting Batman Begins and has already toppled Batman 89 by a hair because of its depiction of Gotham and Batman and Batman's toys in a realistic way that wasn't boring. I felt like some of Nolan's realism was boring. Besides the wingsuit shit, the rest of his realism for Batman was pretty boring to me. The realism in this movie is not boring, and that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm, I'm probably in the same boat. I think it is. Look, and you know, it may be because of the freshness. Who knows? Maybe in if we talk about this again in a year, I'll have changed my ba- mind back to Batman '89 because. Batman 89 has generally been my favorite Batman and it's just kind of stuck there. But this one, just like I liked it. I just really, really liked it. Like a, like a lot. Like it, 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 when he, when I look at it as a total, a total, I, I think this is the one that I like the best. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's a consensus over here, more or less that, that it's at least top, two three and i think that that's fine that is a fine place to be after they've made fuck it seems like 30 of these fucking things and all these different fingerprints all over it before we even like they also had batman stop someone from killing somebody even though some people probably died during the driving scene that driving scene was so good again (laughs) yes it's my favorite sorry i know but i mean go back to it but but like there's so many of these little moments that are very Batman moments. Okay, like, let's you know, let's do him. let's do top four. Let's do top four moments for for for. Or we can go back and forth. Like to, the top, we'll do top four moments as we round out, and that'll be our way of showing the micro of what really impressed us. Just for just for just to start it off, the fucking wingsuit scene when he run, when he shoots his shit. I'm like, I've already seen this a billion times. He escapes. He gets up on the roof. He does a parkour move. And then he, when he went up to the top of that tower, and, the, and I guess the police station is five billion feet tall, and he goes to the top, and he gets out on that ledge, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" He's like yeah. so scared. He's so fucking scared, and he's like, "Shit!" And then he takes a moment, and it seems like he's not gonna do it. He seems like he's gonna find a way to fight his way back downstairs or whatever. But then he realizes he can't do that. He turns back around and faces his fear and busts open his flight suit thing, and. It poofs up like a fucking flying squirrel thing and i'm like oh shit that's hardcore and then he flies and then he and he and then he fucks up at the end yep i mean 
goddamn, we talk about moments. That's a moment for your ass in this movie. I fucking love. He used his flight suit to get away from police. Yeah. No notes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I really love the moment when Batman stops Catwoman from shooting that dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then she kicks him off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> That was but to escape. Hardcore. That whole part was like great. Really, your turn now. Go ahead. When Jim Gordon is talking to Homeboy, I, number one, I, I think I hated was that whole thing them taking like ten minutes of him being knocked out from the bomb before they took his mask off. I was like, this is so unrealistic. I, yeah, he, he would have to. First. He would have had to wake up with Gordon pointing a gun at the other cops to keep them away from Batman. Yeah. And like 50 seconds had passed or something like that. Cause they, you know what I mean? That yeah. should have been how it was. Like Gordon would have had to like portray his homies to get Batman away from those dudes. And then maybe the cops capture, capture them or something. I don't know. Something happens where he does the wingsuit thing still, or he jumps off a bridge instead and does the wingsuit thing or something. But, uh, I just love that they're in jail and, uh, he's, he's talking to Batman. And he's like, all right. Now there's a down the hallway. There's a steps to the roof and blah blah. But he's talking to Batman with that same look on his face, like he's chewing Batman out. And like Jeffrey Wright had this wonderful snarl in this movie where he snarls his face and he's like, "You mean to tell me these Riddler crimes is you know?" It, it, it's just so funny how he's talking. It yeah. just it's it's one of my favorite scenes for how it looks stupid, but also that it's good. But also yep. that it set up a great scene that I want to say. So I just want to throw that one in there. Them talking to each other and then Batman punches them. I lo- I love that part. I love that part. Didn't like the setup to it. Like the out of it. And then I like the wingsuit. Go ahead. Um. Then another scene I really liked. Um. Well, that whole fighting everybody thing was insane. When he shows up to fight all those guys, that shit's insane. But like, what, uh, what do you mean when when he fights all the the bad guys at the end, or the when he yeah. shows up to the to the club to fight everybody? No, that one was pretty great too. But no, the sniper, the snipers, uh, all on the thing, and he's yeah, dude. That's when he's dodging everybody, and it looks like he's gonna die, and then she shows up, and then he gets he puts the smoke bomb up there and just mm-hmm. messes those dudes up. And there was one specific scene that lit, felt like it was straight out of the animated. Uh, uh, the Batman animated series where he like takes this dude and like flips him over his shoulder and the dude rolls into two other guys mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. smoke and I was like that that mm-hmm. is a Batman move that is straight out of a cartoon but also completely realistic in this world Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. Yeah, dude. I, I loved a lot of uh, I'll say that the fight scene in the, the club when he fucking knocks on the door and just walks in again i shit on nolan something fierce for doing shit like that because i always felt his batman look clunky and stupid walking into places but for as many hockey pads as this batman has on he looks right walking into places he looks right showing up as like a knight who's like yeah motherfucker what you gonna say about my funky fresh outfit yeah i wear capes you know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like don't don't chip on my funky fresh outfit. 
I'm here to do some business, talk to some bad guys. It's like, I don't have to sneak into the fucking window. What are you going to do if I walk in through the front door? There was just some extra bit of swag to it in this movie where I hated it when like he goes in that one club to try to find Eric Roberts. I think it might be in the in Dark Knight. Uh, in the Dark Knight. He just yeah. waddles his ass up into the club and fights dudes one at a time. The whole it's just it wasn't cool. It just didn't look cool. It wasn't shot cool. In this movie, it was basically the same scene, but it was looked good and it was shot well. And then it ended with the penguin basically telling this dude to stop getting fucked up by Batman. Stop yeah. getting your ass kicked real quick. It's fine. They'll come into the room. We'll talk for a little bit. That's again, that seems like an innovation, really. You well, know what I mean? It started with because that first scene of they set up how scary he is to people. Mm-hmm. So and then he's taking that theatrics to the next level, which is he doesn't sneak in most of the time. Sometimes he's sneaky when he needs to be. But for mm-hmm. the other times, he's going to confront you straight to your face and he's going to fucking knock you down. Mm-hmm. Which normally, again, I'm I'm agreeing with you, Ed. Normally, mm-hmm. that is not the Batman I love to see. But they sold this to me so well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, this is intimidating. This is how he is controlling these criminals. He's letting them know, I'm not afraid of you in any way, shape, or form, and I will fuck you up straight to your face, and I'll walk in your club, and there's not a fucking thing you can do about it at all. Let's talk about the Batmobile. We'll both share the Batmobile scene, because, damn it, that shit was the shit! It was fucking rad, when it's like, oh, it looked like a dragon. (laughs) Like, he started up a dragon, and it's so loud and so scary, like, god, that was good. That, that, that and it was like, look at this thing I built, and it's yes, gonna destroy you. It's gonna run you over. It that was, yeah, dude. And and bes- and the besides my pet peeves of him getting hit with too many bullets, I really did love that muzzle flare scene of him fucking those yep. guys up. But again, that and even the ending scene where he's getting shot with shotguns and pushed down from the magnum size of the load. Uh, clip that part out. Uh, fucking the bottom. <laughs> No, keep that in. <laughs> look, look back. Batman can't hand him, handle a magnum size load. That's all, yeah, no, that's all he, I'm saying. He lays down for a magnum load. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it's shot to his face or chest. Yeah. To end off, the fucking Batmobile thing is exactly the right tone for the Batmobile. It's Agreed. better than regular cars, but it's not invulnerable. It's Batman's driving skills. And, of course, that is a pet peeve scene of the movie because, honestly, Batman killed, like, six people in that. Yes. I mean, I know technically the I Penguin did it. that, too. But, basically, Batman killed, like, six fuckers to catch a guy he had no evidence on and is not going to take to jail. So, there was, like, something really off about that. I did not think that yes. was cool. Agreed. But, but I mean, it damn, awesome. it was the first time <laughs> you ever saw him, like, he used his car that he parkoured. Up that 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 I've always thought you know when you're driving on the highway and you think that that those big trucks that carry cars you think yeah. that if you just hit it just right you could ride up the ramp and fly off. Yeah. He did that. He like you lived every that, little kid's awesome. dreams. But it, the way that the shit played out in front of him, it looked like you could. It was like a realistic rendition of like a wreck happening in front of you and you have to parkour up the wreck with your yep. super jet car. Yeah. F- fuck, man, I can't. The Tumblr, as fucking cool as that was, 
I never believed that anybody's car could do no shit like that. I believed that Batman's car could not just drive through a wall of flame, but could certainly jump over a wall of flame because it has super fresh trans, uh, 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 suspension, you know, big wheels, good suspension yep. to be able to do some parkour, you know, be a better than average car. And like those big bat fins and the, the engine in the back and the front could take so much, so much pounding and has such battery ramp potential because there's no engine up there. Fuck! God, the engine was in the back so you could smash stuff. Like, like obviously that was one of the great things about the old Batmobile. So it's like, I just think they just took the best notes about all about, can it do a little bit of parkour like the Tumblr? Can it look fresh like those old Steve Englehart comics? Where Marshall Rogers used to just draw like a Corvette with a, or like Neil Adams used to draw a Corvette with a bat symbol, basically. But it had these little spy 007 things in it that made it better than a regular car. But it was like incognito to where he could kind of follow people in his car. If he was far enough away, it wouldn't be this giant jet engine telling him that Batman was coming to get him, you know? I just, but all the notes about what makes a Batman car from cool, weird jet engine you can't have in your car. It sounds different than a regular car, but also more it has aggressive, like a real like a real muscle car, but also with a jet engine. Just yeah. God damn. And that fucking <laughs> scene was just that's the shit. So in closing, just to wrap it up, Jesus Christ. This movie has so many good things in it that in yeah. aggregate, even though it's a bit three hours y and even though it's a bit dour, yeah. it's fucking there are Nolan movies that are more of a relentless slog than this movie, in my yep. opinion. There are there's Burton Snyder movies that are, that are relentless are, slog. <laughs> yeah, there's Snyder movies and, frankly, Bert, uh, one Burton movie to me that's over, yeah. kind of a relentless slog. So I just think, man, in the aggregate, this fucking thing is doing up Batman right and it's setting up a world where we can kind of get the happy-go-lucky Batman who's really good at his job and might even have a Robin by the third one. This is the first world that I could see him having a Robin. Somebody that's probably 17 that could really kick some goddamn ass. I could see him having somebody like that around. I really could see that. So I, I'm really kind of excited to see what he does. You know, um, tiny bit of speculation here. They say he's doing Mr. Freeze. I would love them to try to do a so-called realistic Mr. Freeze. Cryo technology is very fucking scary. People could freeze your arm and not kick your arm off and shit. They set up a world where that type of shit wouldn't look crazy. Because I'm sorry, Mr. Freeze and a Nolan verse would look kind of crazy. I trust these dudes to find some seven-ass way to make a Mr. Freeze or to make a clay face. Maybe he's not a giant sludge monster. Maybe he could just move his face around or something. You know, when I, I trust them to find a way to make this like Dick Tracy type shit. Yeah. You know, where the people are just a little off and they could still well, and exist. Clearly, they're going to have the Joker. So yeah, and I'm and you know what? I'm so motherfucking glad that we didn't even think about belaboring that or talking about that a bunch because frankly, I don't want to and I don't care about it. But I'm glad that for all the mouth breathers, they and, and for frankly the people that like shit like uh the war of riddles and jokes or jokes and riddles or whatever, where Batman or rather the Joker and the Riddler kind of the Riddler trying to make the Joker come back to life and come back to being like he was for some reason. And so he sets up all these riddles and jokes and does this weird shit and they kind of work together kind of in an adventure. If they did something like that down the line, I wouldn't hate it. You know, Uh, the two smarter people, two of the smarter, more charismatic, more having more followers type criminals that Batman has ever fought getting together to do a thing. That would be great. Again, this movie, I think it's the greatest, especially the greatest first movie. 
because like Batman Begins, I think it set up a new vision of the Batman where we can pile stuff onto it and we can see different all the, like you said so eloquently earlier. I think this world sets up a place where we can finally see the Batman that everybody wants. You said that, and I agree with it. And those are the last words for this podcast. So please do rate and review this motherfucker. You know, we went deep. You know, we got all analytical and you know, we weren't dickheads about it. Rate and review this thing. Tell people how much you liked it and check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the greatest pod. Join one of those tiers, get some art, get some extra pods, do your fucking thing at whatever level you want to participate in. Ronnie, you got any further thoughts? I think this is it. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Greatest Pod. Boom, 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 boom.